0: hello everyone welcome back to another episode of the unstoppable dad project appreciate you joining me here on the podcast for another week before i get into today's topic please make sure that you're subscribed on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. The podcast is on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google. By subscribing, you'll get notified as soon as a new episode drops. And also if you're able to jump on there and leave us a five-star review by you doing that, it helps the podcast get out to more people who will hopefully see some benefit out of what it is that I am doing here just like hopefully you are. You'll also be able to find the video versions of the podcast on our YouTube channel and also on our Facebook page. There is a little bit of a delay. New episodes of the podcast go up every Saturday, whereas the video versions go up every single Wednesday. So jump on, like, share, subscribe, and help the podcast continue to grow the way it has over the last, going on almost three years now. So I'm very uh, stoked that We've been able to continue to do this and I'm stoked that uh, the amount of people that listen to it, that listen to this podcast, the feedback that I get, the people that I talk to about it, um, I've had nothing but positive feedback and I am forever grateful to those of you that continue to listen to it. Now, this week, I want to talk about simplifying failure and One of the reasons for that is I was having a conversation with my eight year old the other day, and we were talking about failure. And one thing that I try and emphasize to my kids is that you want to fail at certain things. You want to be able to try and do something and fail, reassess that failure, and then reapply the things that you've learned from failure when you go back and you try again. So, really, the whole preface of what I'm trying to get across to them is you want to try things. So we're encouraging action. Uh, We're encouraging putting ourselves out there. We're also encouraging learning. So learning from the experience, not just going through and failing, 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 but learning from the experience of failure and then going through and taking action again. But that can be a pretty hard concept to get through to an eight-year-old. Um, even harder concept to get through to a four-year-old. And my eight-year-old started asking me questions around failure, like why is failure good? But you don't want to fail all the time. Like she was asking these, she's starting to kind of understand what we've been saying, but understand it on a slightly deeper level. And she related it back to, you know, you don't want to fail a test at school. And of course you don't because you are, put in a situation where you are trying to excel in a situ- in that particular test. Like you don't want to go through and fail the test and then that led us down the path of talking about, well, you know, passing the test, the failure for that particular test doesn't necessarily happen during the test. It actually happens during the learning phase. So while you're learning the things that you are needing to know for the test that you're about to step into. And it really got me thinking when I walked away from that conversation about like, how do we simplify failure? And it's a very hard thing to simplify. And it's a very hard thing to simplify because it's seen as such a negative thing. Like failing something really gives us like a kick in the guts whenever we fail anything that we're trying to do, especially if it's something that is really important to us. And the thing is and the thing that i'm always going to try and say to my kids is like it's it's an essential part of life and one of the things that i think is a really common theme that i've seen come up in my life is i've really learned i've learned more from failure than i have from success the things that i have tried and messed up and then had to go back to the drawing board and work out another approach for and then go back to and try again, they're always the things that I've been able to learn more from. It's like, and I this is a really oversimplistic example, right? From a, from a coaching point of view. So from when we first opened the gym, we were a CrossFit gym. And those of you that have done CrossFit over the years, you'll know about, you, you probably know what a double under is. It's where you skip and the rope passes under your feet twice. Okay, where while you're in the air. So it's one jump, rope passes under your foot twice. And a lot of people struggle with that. A lot of people struggle to get that. In fact, a lot of people struggle to just skip generally. And I've never struggled to skip. It's been something that I've always done whether it's from a like a martial arts point of view, because I have done martial arts from a younger age, like it was something that we did in warm-ups. And when I first started to try and do CrossFit, like as a training regime, double unders was something that came quite naturally because I'd always skipped. And then transitioned to becoming a coach in that particular space. It was something that I actually felt, found very hard to teach to people because it was not something that I'd struggled with. It was something that came naturally. It was not something I had to, I failed at a lot. So when it came to articulating that process to somebody else and troubleshooting with them, because I hadn't gone through the process of failure myself, I hadn't actually learned a lot about the ins and outs of that movement and how it was best applied to teach somebody who was struggling with it. Now, I use that as an example because that kind of highlights the point that failure as a as a learning point is really something that is just quite vital and essential as a coach. So when you're trying to teach somebody something, so that can then be applied to as a parent. But then just to loop it back to life in general, like you learn the ins and outs of things when you fail at that. And a lot of us will shy away from failure because it's a hard thing to do because it forces us to really look internally as to what caused that failure and then address any shortcomings that we need to address in order to elevate ourselves to the point where we can then pass or we can then win. And In society, and this is the kind of rabbit hole, I guess the internal monologue rabbit hole that I've gone down since having this conversation about failure with my daughter is firstly, like you learn when you fail and there's no way around that. Like, You have to fail in order to do the learning and there is an expectation in society where we need to know everything as men, I think there is this expectation where we need to make sure that we are on point with every single thing that we're doing and we do know everything. And that um, stigma is kind of starting to dissipate a little bit, but it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman or whatever it is, like there is an expectation where, hey, you should know this stuff. And that expectation, I think from a parenting point of view, needs to disappear. One thing that i find myself constantly looping back to is hey like i don't expect you to know this stuff but if we're having to rehash over the same things over and over and over again then there's no learning happening like we're failing and we're making mistakes which is a perfectly natural part of life but if we're making the same mistakes over and over and over again it means that we're not learning or maybe we are learning something, but we're just not adjusting our behavior because we're falling into this repetitious pattern of negative behavior. And that's the thing, right? Like, I don't expect you to know these things. And I don't, there needs to, the expectation to be perfect is dissipated. Or, But there needs to be, if you're going to fail, when you're going to fail, not if you're going to fail, You want to use that as a learning experience. And there's a saying in... It's in the jujitsu world where it's like... um, you, You either win or you learn right, where if, if you lose, you're not losing per se, you're using that as a learning opportunity, which is a great saying. I think there's a few things when, when it's with any cliche, right? Like there's also, there's always some level of flawed logic with any cliche, but it's kind of a good thing to, to loop back to where it's like you win or you learn. If you do lose, like as a failure point, what are we able to learn from that? situation how can we adjust our behavior in order to move forward into a positive direction or get us to the point where we're actually going to start to win or we're going to start to get things right but a lot of things here and a lot of what i believe stops people from trying which stops is is failure And within failure, there are so many little things that we can unpack. There is the expectation to know everything, which I've just covered off on. There is the expectation for some people to feel like they're perfect, especially those who things have come easy to them earlier on in life. Like I know for me personally, like I've always been, sounds really arrogant, but I've been, I've I've kind of got a high level of, um, knowledge when it comes to a lot of things and as a kid and and through school there was always an expectation when you're kind of one of the seen as one of the smarter people in the class like book smarts smarter people in the class that you should know certain things that maybe other people are going to get wrong And that can force a particular pattern of behavior around where you don't actually want to try and get things wrong because you're getting this expectation from other people that you should know this stuff when in fact you actually don't. And what I want to make sure I do with my kids is make sure that they don't ever feel that way when they're in a position where... That Maybe they're in a position where should they ask a question or shouldn't they ask a question because a lot of times like I know with myself I wouldn't ask the question because I would feel this expectation where I had to know everything I had to be right and I almost felt like this expectation of perfection where I had to be perfect. So I wouldn't ask the question because I didn't want to be seen as stupid. So it was my ego stopping me from progressing and stopping me from learning something from failure. And when it comes to what I'm trying to impart on my kids is I don't want them to feel like they have to be perfect. I want them to feel like they're in a safer space for themselves to be able to ask those questions so that they can learn from the things that they're getting wrong and then they can continue to grow. Because at the end of the day... That's the only way we can continue to grow, I feel, is by continually asking questions. And that's going to mean like we will feel like we're asking dumb questions a lot of the time. But I will guarantee you after being on the other side of the fence from a coaching and a teaching point of view, when you're kind of put it out to a group where you're looking for questions and no one asks you a question, Generally, what happens after you go away from that group environment you start to get into a one-on-one environment, like to give you an idea on like the mechanics of coaching, say a group class, you might have 15 people in the class, right? And you'll do a group breakdown and then you'll let everybody kind of start to get into it. And then you're going to get two types of people. You're going to get one, uh, three, I should say. You're going to get the first type of people, person who does actually understand everything that's going on and they go and they get into it. You'll get the second type of person who is a little bit embarrassed to ask the question in front of the group because they think it's a dumb question. They're the only one that needs to know that which generally isn't the case in a group of 15 if one person's asking a question there's generally 3 or 4 people that need that same information as well so you'll get them come up to you after the group and ask you in a one-on-one setting where they feel more comfortable they feel like if it's the only per- if they are the only person asking it they don't feel as vulnerable asking it in that one-on-one situation And then you get the last type of person that doesn't ask a question at all, sometimes for a multitude of different reasons. But what I find a lot of the time is it's actually not an assumption that they think they know what they're doing. It's more that they are just flat out too scared to ask that question due to fear or of looking stupid, due to fear of not living up to the expectation that they think I had of them, right? And that's the thing when it comes to failure, I think what we need to try and encourage everybody to do, and I reckon it's a lot harder in adults than it is in kids, which is why I'm trying to impart this onto my kids. And it's, it's a really hard thing to go through and simplify why failure is a good thing to a child. And so that's got me looping back to this. Like, I think not only do we have to encourage failure, but we've got to encourage questions. We've got to encourage the fact that you don't need to be the smartest person in the room. In fact, if you are the smartest person in the room, you probably need to find yourself a different room because the only way we are going to grow and the only way we are going to expand our knowledge base and not live in our own little closed off bubble is to put ourselves in situations where we are uncomfortable and we don't know everything. There are people there that we can learn from and we can only learn from them by asking those questions. And we can only learn from particular situations by making by putting out by applying what we already know trying it sometimes failing going back to the drawing board looking at why we failed and then applying those new techniques because that's the only way we're going to be able to grow whereas if we just stay in our little comfort zone we don't try stuff we don't stretch ourselves we don't put ourselves in a position where we're potentially going to fail then we're not going to grow and I think that can lead to, especially later on in life, some other issues that can stem from that. I know when I'm not stretching myself and learning new things and asking questions as an adult, that tends to lead to, you know, for, for me personally, like mild bouts of anxiety and depression and like, you know, just feelings of worthlessness because I'm just staying in my own zone and I'm not actually stretching myself or pushing myself to do new things and learn new things and put myself in that position where, hey, I'm potentially going to be wrong here or I'm potentially going to fail or I'm potentially going to lose, but... I'm okay with that because that's going to be my opportunity to learn and grow. And we've got to not be afraid of criticism. We've got to withdraw our ego from those particular situations in order to continue to grow and continue to be a better human being and morph into a better version of ourselves. And I mean, I've just gone on for about 15 minutes on trying to simplify failure where i really haven't simplified it but the big thing is after talking to my daughter and really going through that it's like if we use the test example right and you can use this as like a sport example and this is what i this is the actual end of the conversation that i had when it comes to failing a test if you if if you've been given the information beforehand If you fail the actual test the failure is not in the test itself the failure is in the preparation because you haven't prepared yourself properly that's going to be the big lesson from failing a test right but when you've been where the failure needs to happen from that particular test is not in the test itself it's actually before the test it's when you're learning that information so when you're provided with the new information that you've been given prior to the test and you're going through and you're studying it and you're learning it, the failure is going to happen when you go and you read something and then you try and apply that thing you've read in a particular context and then you ask a question and maybe it's the wrong question. Maybe the question isn't, maybe the the question that you've answered, you've asked the teacher or the person that's trying to, that's going to eventually apply this test is is wrong like or the answer that you are look it's not going to give you the answer that you're looking for that's failure and that's learning because you've asked the question and you've got it wrong and that's okay because you've done it in the preparation so then when you go and do the test because you've already failed prior if that same topic comes up in that test you then are able to answer that correctly And in that context, that's how I explained it to my daughter. I think she got it. She probably didn't. Look, she's only eight years old. I think she's pretty switched on for an eight-year-old. And that's just, and that's maybe that's just a general parent thing. Most parents probably think their kids are switched on. However, trying to simplify failure, not only for kids, but for adults as well, too, is something that I think is so imperative to our overall development as human beings. And not just simplifying failure, but removing the stigma around failure and removing that, the real stigma, I think, within society that sometimes we've been brought up at as is removing that expectation that you have to be perfect all the time or that you have to know everything or that expect expectation that you have to be right. You don't have to be right. You don't have to know everything. In fact, nobody knows everything. Everybody has something to learn. And the more, I think the more you learn over time, the less you realize, you know, it's that Dunning-Kruger effect, right? Where you start learning something and you think that you've got a natural handle on it. And then as you start to learn more, you think, holy shit, like I actually don't know anything. And then as you start to really dig in, your confidence gets a little bit higher and you start to realize that, hey, I'm starting to get the handle of this, but there is still a lot I I need to learn and a lot I need to know. And if we looked at a lot of areas in life where it's like, hey, I'm going to give this a go, it's okay if I fail at it. But when I do fail, I want to learn from that failure and I want to adjust my actions, habits and behaviors in order to start moving everything forward and get to the point where I can get a win out of this or I can be right on this particular subject and understanding that everything within that is going to be fluid. Yet you may be able to, if we look at something, a whole, if we look at a whole life cycle of on any topic or anything that you're going to try. Just because you're going to be right one day doesn't mean you're going to be right the next. And being okay with that, removing our ego from it, not being afraid of criticism, encouraging failure, encouraging questions, and encouraging not having to be the smartest in the room, I think is something that as adults, I know I need to be do more of and a lot of people that I've I've worked with and I've been around, they also feel the same way, but most importantly, normalizing this for our kids so that when they get to our age, they're not afraid of failure and they're able to go and grow into these amazing human beings that we want them and we know that they can be. So thank you so much for listening. A little bit longer episode, but it is a very complex topic and I've, only feel like I've just scratched the surface on what I'm going going through let me know uh in the comments on the socials how you simplify failure to your kids and do you encourage it to your kids is it something that you want to try and encourage them to do more i know it is something that i want to try and encourage them to do more like taking action putting themselves in a position where they're able to learn from those things and it's uh it's a tough one. It's a, it's a very long and involved subject. And that's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a conversation that I'm excited to have over the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years with those who are very, very important to me. So take care of yourself. Uh, if I don't, if I, this will be the last episode before Christmas. So have a great Christmas period. Uh, I will drop another episode before new year, but if you don't listen to it, have a great new year and, uh, we will see you in 2024. Goodbye.